You're listening to the She is Fierce radio show. She is Fierce connects women to each other and their dreams. You'll meet incredible women who all have one thing in common. They took a leap. They've got passion. They're on a mission. They're doing exciting and rewarding things. And they want to help you take your big leap. And now your host, She is Fierce founder, Kelly Youngs. Hi, everyone. This is Kelly Youngs, founder of She Is Fierce and host of the She Is Fierce podcast. Before I introduce today's podcast speaker, I want to be sure to tell you about something special we have coming up that I know you will love. We have been working with women across industries and with many different life circumstances over the last six months, and the one message that we keep hearing is that we all need a 2020 reset. So we've put together an extra special 21-day reset. We are going to kick off the first week next week with a live Passion and Purpose Challenge. In week two, we're going to focus on the foundations that help you get to the next level in your life and move forward and away from any challenges that have been holding you back. That will include three live workshops on goal setting, growing your network, and cultivating confidence. And finally, in week three, we have something extra special to close out the 21 days, our first ever virtual Women's Wednesdays speaker series event. The theme is increasing your profile and profits. So whether you are an entrepreneur or a professional with an entrepreneurial mindset, this is the perfect event for you. Now, this is going to be an event like no other. Think of it like an insightful and inspiring TV program that you can actually participate in. We will send you downloadable materials and you can host a group of your bubble besties and broadcast it onto your TV or join us from your computer, whatever is easiest for you. So I cannot wait for our 21 day reset to begin. If this sounds like what you've been waiting for, go to sheisfiercehq.com forward slash reset right now. And I am so delighted to introduce you to someone who will inspire you to step into leadership and own your fierce. Charlene Landon recently retired from PGA Tour Entertainment as their Vice President of Business Operations. She is the kind of leader who can manage hundreds and know everyone's name and what they're working on. I am honored to have her as a She is Fierce advisor and now as a part of our She is Fierce leadership team. You will be seeing and hearing lots from Char in the future. Today, I hope you are inspired by her personal story of working her way up into leadership positions through hard work and the willingness to always go above and beyond. Her intentional leadership style will inspire you. Whether you're running a company of hundreds or you're just managing yourself right now, her leadership style is all about listening and respecting the role of everyone in an organization and following your intuition and trusting yourself to make the tough decisions. I hope you enjoy listening to Char and don't forget to sign up for our 21 day reset right now at sheisfiercehq.com forward slash reset.
again, an honor to be here. Um, when I see the other list of maybe some people that are um, that we're going to speak, um, I wondered what I could add. But I will tell you that the topic today is true leadership, and I honestly, um, when Kelly asked me to define that, I will tell you that I just see it as sort of the everyday leader. Um, I, I do it, and I think most of us do it in this room without much fanfare. Um, I think we just have whatever it takes attitudes. Um, the biggest thing that I would like to, and I believe um, the PGA Tour one day, and I'll talk about that in a minute, is to um, have people think that I respected them, that I care about what happens to them, and I have concern about what happens to them every single day. That is how I feel about the 100 people that I work with. I think they know it, and I think what you get back is they feel the same way about me, and that's what I hope every single day. Um, I do have the amazing privilege to work for the PGA Tour. Um, 26 years ago, I left another job, took a risk, was going to get paid less at the PGA Tour than I was making my other job at the bank. And, um, but it was, it was an instinct that I had. I listened to my instinct. I took it. I started out at the uh, ground level and basically just worked myself up the ladder. Um, I will tell you that there's nothing better than to feel proud of the company that you work for. Most of you in the room will know, you know what the PGA Tour does, but I think what's important is that every single day, we see that stream golfer and we know what it means. We give so much to charity every single week. I think the important thing is that we, we're, we're seen as this traveling roadshow. We go to 41 golf tournaments around the country. And when we get there, we leave that city better than when we got there because we all the everything that happens that we golf tournament because of so many incredible volunteers who are able to give that to charity. And hopefully, I know that our area benefits from the Players' Championships are just knowing every single day that that's the company that you work for is an incredible honor. Um, I don't take it for granted. One single day, every day I feel like I need to walk in there and give them exactly what they're paying me for. And as my father told me a long time ago, make sure the scale is always in their favor. And um, so I like to think that that's what I do every single day. So um, as looking more into specifically what I do with entertainment, but I, I thought that what's important for all of us is that all of us in this room that are leaders bring experiences that shape us, mold us, form us, and were those decisions that we made about how we're going to lead all come from that. And I've got a few things that I call my foundational experiences um, that I just want to, I want to share with you because I do think they've helped me get to where I am today. Um, the, the number one is that I'm a military kid. Um, I'm the oldest of four, and I think that has something to do with the two. Um, I was always the bossy one with my three uh, siblings, and um, but I was also the fun one. That my sister and I were talking about it the other day that um, it, we never just went to bed at night. I would always say, let's play a game at two, let's do something else. It was always about making something fun as well as then I would also beat them too, but I tried to make it fun and fun. That was when I could hit my brothers and sisters at that point. Um, but uh, I, 
love them. And I think they still do know how much I love them. But the military part is what's important. Um, I wish my father could be here because he absolutely is one of the people that I'm not even sure, and it's a shame because people should know these things about how you feel about them. He molded me in a way that is so quiet about every single night he would shine his shoes. Every single day he went to work. I never saw my father not go to work. Every single he was an enlisted man, he wasn't an officer. And um, every single I would see him studying sometimes, and I'd say, What's dad doing? My mother would say, He's studying to be uh, third class, second class, first class. And in 33 years, my father rose from entry level, whatever that is, in the Navy, to my dad became the command master chief. And for those of you that know what that means, it is the highest level that you can attain being an enlisted person. So he was the guy. Um, I didn't know that at the time because when you're a kid, you just don't. But I knew that my dad thought work was important. He had an incredible work ethic. And in a simple way that I don't even think he knows, he molded me. My mother was a, had an incredible work ethic too. She didn't go to work until I was about 12 years old. But my father, I just saw it in a very simple, simple way. Um, so that was, I, I just, I learned. Also, I think it, it shaped my personality because for those of you here that are military kids, I moved constantly. And what that did was, I had one of two choices. I could be an introvert or an extrovert. Because I had no choice. I might live someplace for one year, so I went next door. I knocked on the door. Do you have kids? How old are they? And they come out and play with me because I didn't know how long I was going to be there. So I, I think that shaped who I was. I just learned that um, as sad as it was to leave sometimes, I learned at a very early age that um, you're sad. But you go to the next neighborhood in the next state, in Norfolk, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Rhode Island, Jacksonville, Florida, back to Rhode Island, that no matter where we went, there were more kids. And they were friendly, and I got to know them. So the military really shaped who I was in terms of just being able to adapt and know that um, you can get through the things and just move on and it'll all be good. So that was a really big I also think that school was an important thing for me. I love school. If I could go right down and have 15 minutes, I would want to learn always. Um, it's, it's important to me. Sometimes I'll just pick up, and I know this is crazy, but sometimes I'll just decide that I want to know who, who the um, Supreme Court justices are. And I want to know their name. I want to know, you know what they did, but I just still like to learn. Officer in school. Um, I don't know why. I just always wanted to be. I was the vice president of student council. I was president of the French club and Europe club, and just took on whatever was needed. Because sometimes it was just about saying you'll do it. Um, and I would say to others, "This is the we raise our hand. No one said that you're not a volunteer, so I will do." Um, but that helps me to sort of take a risk and be and be in those positions in school. So that was that was important. Um, another foundational thing that happened to me is that I used to only have two jobs. One was for a long time at a bank, and I was the bank manager and teller for a long time. Well, I was rocked at that point, and um, 
And as serious it was when I look back on it now, by the way, my nieces and nephews still don't believe that I was wrong at that point. And I have to say, well, that's me, and you shall tell me what happened. I can just tell you that one of the things that I'm going to read throughout this conversation today is listening. And I can remember, as sure as I'm standing here today, that I had to listen to my instincts because when, when the gentleman who had the gun handed in my head and he told me he went down the, the teller line, then he asked me to turn around and go get the money from the drive-thru. And I can remember thinking as a 19-year-old kid that all I had to do was duck because there was computers and I knew I would be shot, but I also knew a lot of other people would probably get hurt. And so I remember feeling when my back was to him that am I gonna get shot, am I gonna get shot, and, and I just walked in it because you just have to, you have to be brave and you have to do what your instincts tell you to do. And I think I learned that from that horrible experience. Um, I think you have to all know this, but, but this, this was a part of me, I'm divorced. And it was probably the biggest disappointment that I've had. Um, I have not remarried. I've been divorced for 20 years. And um, well, how that changed me is even like everything else, that as sad as those experiences are, I got through it. And I got through it because of my faith. And I got through it because of my family. And again, it was another lesson to help mold me in how, how do you just keep on going? How do you just take another step? So that was a, that was the foundational. Um, and then there's two other ones. One of them is that I was at the bank there for a long time. Loved it. Bank manager. I was going to be there for the rest of my life. And a friend of mine called from Jacksonville because I went to high school here and said, I was in South Florida at that time, and said, Charlene, I'm looking for a club controller at the, the PGA Tour. No, I'm not interested. This is what I love. I, I'm not, I just, I want to stay here for the rest of my life. And um, they said, no, why don't you? So all my friends said, go and interview. You haven't had an interview for 12 years. It's always good to have that experience. So I, um, I went through the interview process, still knowing, not going to take it, but I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to get this interview. And I did, and it came down to me and another woman, and she was offered the job. And that afternoon, she had more tax experience than I did. That afternoon, she got another job, turned down that job, and I was offered the job. Um, I thought about it long and hard, instead of listening to my instincts, my friends, my mentors, my family, and I decided to take the risk and do it. The next day, we went to the bank. For those of you, in 1989, um, you'll remember this was happening. When I went to the bank the following day, my bank was closed. The FDIC had come to take over. I said, it was So, right then I knew, everybody said, Charlie, did you know something? I said, I didn't know anything. It was just a question. I didn't know. And so, Again, it's, it's that taking a risk, and obviously it worked out for me 26 years later. One thing that's going to be sad, and I don't want you guys to feel sad, but it's important to know, three years ago today, my brother died. And he was 48 years old, two young children, 
battled cancer so hard for seven years. And, um, you know, when Kelly asked me, she was, what date? We were looking at the dates, and she was like, oh, Charlie, you don't want to do it that day. And I said, no, I do. I said, this is, this is a day that I know my brother is looking at me, and he is proud, and I don't want to be sad. And so today is about saying, um, brother, look at me that I'm nervous and scared and haven't done this before, but I'm up here because um, because I didn't want to take a risk with this and it's not a sad time. And the last thing about my experiences is at 53 years old, and Brenda knows this because she's one of the first people I told about this, um, surprisingly I found out I was not an American citizen. <laughs>
fear in the face, you didn't quit tonight, and, and just um, say, we got to just get through this. we got to do one step, two, one, two, three, four, and you just do it. So um, it also helped me to know that um, one of the advantages that I have is I'm the luckiest person in the world because I absolutely know what I'm here for. I am here to, not just here tonight, but sort of on this earth is that um, I am here, I have five nieces, one nephew, and I know that I'm here to help them. Um, I didn't have children of my own, and when you have that clarity about what you're supposed to do, what impact you're supposed to have on people, and especially my, my nieces and nephews, I've not got children, and that's what I'm here for. So all of those things together, I think, have, have molded me and hopefully giving them everything they need. Um, now I'm going to bring you back to what I think I give the PGA Tour Entertainment is we're an incredible place. Um, there's 100 people that work there. Yes, they are primarily men. Um, I actually, I am usually the only woman in every single room when we have meetings. Um, I never think about it that way. I, um, I do one thing. I, I'm firm, I'm fair, I listen, I care for them so much every single day. I want to give them the best work environment that they can, and I want to have fun. This week, at PGA Tour Entertainment's Employee Appreciation Week. I can just tell you that we've been having so much fun. It's one week a year. I tell them more than that how much I think of them and how much I'm grateful for what they do. But just to give you some little fun things that we've been doing is um, that we can have an advantage. We're not at Pondedra. Pondedra's PGA Tour Headquarters. Um, Amazing place, very corporate, is the corporate side of the golf. We're those wacky people here, 25 miles away, at PG Entertainment, and they give us a little bit of latitude, so we're able to do these kind of things. It's the left brain, right brain kind of thing. And um, so what we did is we made s'mores kid, and everything to me is about puns. So it was like, um, we need s'more employees like you, and I did Today, this afternoon, in the afternoon, they got a, a, a Simply Lemonade, which just said you are simply the best. This morning, I called them all together at 11 o'clock on their big green, and all of them came downstairs, and I told them that I hid 42 eggs in the office, because they were eggs on it. So then, these are all men. Um, one of them was lunch with Greg and I, with Greg's executive producer, which I always think that that's what they want because they should want to be with me. <laughs> but they never think that it's that good. <laughs> uh, if they were smart, they would. That's what they need to tell me. What do I want to do? What do I want to do with my future? Charlotte, you help me with this. But anyway, I guess it's all perspective. And, um, and then we gave them yesterday hand sanitizer and said, for hands down, great employee. Um, tomorrow we have a big 
barbecue, and then Friday is a surprise. I have ice cream coming in from Brewster's. Oh. So it, I guess I do say that because um, that's how much these people mean to me. If we can, they're, they're so long. They work so hard. They're producers. They're editors. They're directors. They, we have an operations staff. Um, they're all incredibly talented. They come from all over the country, um, and they love television, and they love golf. And because they're there so long, because they invest so much in what, in what has to happen there every single day, we're pretty much 24 hours, um, that if, if I can create a great, productive, positive environment for them when you have to be there working, then that's what my job is. Um, they're having a blast this week. Uh, the only thing is, I don't want them to think that this is just that one week a year. I do want to walk out of rooms and, and give them an out of point because nobody knows these things. People will tell me things in a room and say, Charlotte, this one did this really well. I'll say, did you tell them? And I was like, well, no. And I was like, go tell them. Go tell them that they did well. And by the way, I'm also the first one that will um, tell them when they haven't. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's equally as important. I look at things like you're going to get a good, fair um, decision from everything I do, but you're going to have to take the good with that. And by the way, when the bad comes, don't pay. Sometimes people are avoiders and they'll say, well, this one's been doing this and I hear the word forever. I go crazy because it's really easy to do that forever. Let's get another one right now. Let's talk about what is it that you want me eager to get them to change. And say that as equally quickly as you're going to say, hey, great job on that show you just produced. Um, so hopefully that's something that um, I do. And, and it's tough to have people want to do that strictly. No one wants um, to have conflict, but I think it's just important because everything up angst is off the table. Let people know what they're doing and whether it's good or bad. So uh, the biggest um, uh, thing that I can say is uh, that if I have a fault, and I do have many, it is that um, when I look at the word fierce, sometimes I think that's how they see And sometimes that word is not seen positively. And I have to do a check every now and then because when I say that listening is so important, I think what's important is I've also had to hear tough conversations where somebody has come well, at one point somebody came up to me that I very much respect in the company, by the way, who is uh, a direct report and had the bravery to come up and say, Shar, I think you've been acting like a bull. And I can just tell you that privately that is a punch in my gut. But I know that part of it was happening when my brother was so sick because I had zero tolerance for anybody. Because if you were sick, I would think to myself, my brother for seven years has been going through chemo, never missed a day of work, never did this, never did that, always there. You woke up this morning and said, my hand hurts. And that's, that, that's how I saw it. That they were saying that, that like everything in every zone was not 100%. And so they were not allowed today. And I, I, had to be, I had to get a check. And people that I respected 
did that for me. Wasn't easy to hear, but as soon as I heard it, I believed it because I can see it in myself that that I had gotten my advice here. So I am a strong advocate of listening, even when it's something that you do not want to hear, because um, sometimes those are the things that I look back on and I think maybe I've grown more by hearing those comments than anything that I'll hear where somebody will say, hey, this was great, or thank you, or those kind of things. So, um, I think the, uh, the, when I think about like leadership thoughts, I could just say that um, it's, it's about hard work does pay off. Um, I've held, I started off as a staff accountant, I'm probably the one of the few vice presidents of the year that is in charge of the business side of what they do that doesn't have my MBA, that does in CPA when I was in charge of the accounting side. Um, I think I just worked so hard that you couldn't ignore it. That was, um, this is what she's doing. Because for many years, I was called the heart and soul of AJ Entertainment, yet two other people were the vice presidents. Then I think finally, after saying that enough, they finally looked around and said, well, she is. She's leading the company. She, um, this is what she does every single day. We have got to um, give her what the job that she is currently doing. And that was the, one of the proudest days for me because when I could make that phone call to my mother and father, my father only said two things to me when I was young. If you make $1,000 for your age, you are a success. That's all he wanted for me, is to make $1,000 for every year. And then the second thing was to, what I mentioned at the beginning, there's a scale every single day. Make sure the scale is always on the company side. What I have found is it used to be way on the company side. As I've grown older, I've tried to bring in a little bit more even, but I still walk out every single night. And it's funny that there's probably been about four or five times in my life that I remember thinking I didn't give up what they came in for. And I remember consciously feeling that because it was just drilled into me so much by my, by my father. So the day that I could call them and tell them that I had been made a vice president was one of the proudest days of my life um, to be able to tell them that um, I don't take it for granted. It's an amazing company that I work for. They, um, just to know when you're talking to somebody, when you say the words that you work for the PGA Tour, um, that what that stands for to a lot of people is amazing. I, um, my faith has a lot to do with what I do every single day. Um, I give thanks and I am filled with gratitude. Um, I know that I cannot do this alone, that I am, uh, I happen to sit in a chair right now where I can make decisions for people and with people, but I clearly know that everybody has a piece in what ha happens at the PGA Tour, and specifically the PGA Tour Entertainment. Um, if I read by example, that is a compliment to me. I can tell you that um, when we do 360 surveys, where that just means that everybody, for those that have not had them, 
every your your bosses will give you critiques, your colleagues will give you critiques, and your direct reports will give you critiques. When I get it, I never look at what's it's usually zero to five. I never look at the right hand side. I always go directly to the side to see what's my lowest number. What is the thing that I need to work on? And it doesn't mean that I'm not that I don't think those other things are important, but I feel like I got those boxes checked up. So they think that I must be doing that correctly. It's those other boxes that I want to work on. And there's plenty to work on. Um, but one of the things that they'll say is that I do lead by example. Um, I do listen, and that is a huge compliment to me. Um, and listening is not just about um, the, the audio part of it. Sometimes I'll be in a meeting and I'll see a sarcastic smirk or I'll see somebody's shoulders slumped. And to me, that's listening too because I immediately walk out of the room and I'll say, what's going on? Um, I saw something, do you not agree with this? What what was it that you that, that, that caused you to, to, to look like that? Or if there's something on the shoulders, it's what's going on for a second? What, what's happening? Um, I am about five years away from retirement, God willing, and I can just tell you that if I could spend every single minute of the next five years of just talking to, especially when I consider their kids, um, then I would do that because, but they don't pay me just to do that. I gotta do a lot of other things too, but that's the part I enjoy because um, I wanna leave the place, um, I want to leave the place healthy and good and strong. I know I'm replaceable. Um, I don't know whether somebody could be as passionate as I am about it. Um, so then bring the brilliance and bring the strength and bring everything else because if you don't have that yet, that passion, then you've got to bring a lot of other things too. So um, I just want to spend the next X amount of years of making sure that this company that I love so very, very, very much is um, is exactly where it needs to be. And I have every confidence that it can be, but that's what I want to, that's how I want to motivate um, the staff. So um, I feel very, if you haven't heard it, um, I'm passionate about what I do. Strongly believe in everything that my company stands for. I feel very fortunate. Um, I feel very fortunate to be standing in front of you guys right now. I feel like there's so many people in this room that I wish I knew. There's some things that I wish I could do better. Um, I think um, because as much as I am passionate about the company and feeling like that I have a responsibility to them, damn it, the only thing that aggravates me is that I want to be around for my nieces and nephews. That's what I know my brother would want me to do. And I just can't get really healthy. So I mean, I, I wish that somebody in here would help me with that. But even that is, um, I feel like that's okay to say that. That it's okay to say, I wish I could do this better. There's been two times in my life, I told Kelly this before, where I went and talked to a counselor. And I'm not ashamed of it. Once was when I got divorced, once was when my brother died. And I think we should all do that. Meaning, yeah, I'm strong. Yes, I'm fierce. Yes, I, I'm passionate and determined. But guess what? I also know when I need help. And that help sometimes doesn't come from your family and friends. And that was the best thing that I ever did. My company gives that to me for free in five sessions. And I took advantage of everything.
it, it made me stronger. It really did make me stronger by like saying, I need help. And um, so I feel like I've gone in a couple of different directions. I feel like um, I hope that something that I've said has been valuable. Um, it's, um, is I am grateful that you all listened. I am grateful for Kelly and Brenda, and um, hopefully there's been something that um, you would have gotten out of something I said today. So thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. If you did, please take just a moment out of your day to rate and review us. It will help us reach even more women with inspiring stories from fierce women all over the world.